A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. In the 12 states that make up the southeastern United States, there are less than 2,000 dairy farms. That is much less than the 6,000 dairy farms in Wisconsin alone. However, the Southeast is hoping to increase their dairy capabilities. Much of this work is happening through the Southeast Dairy Business Innovation Initiative. Their mission is to spur growth for dairy producers and processors in the Southeast by helping them modernize and diversify through the production of value-added dairy products. I'm Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report, speaking with Dr. Liz Echelkamp. She is the program manager for the SDBI and shares what the southeast part of the United States is doing to expand dairy. Dr. Echelkamp, can you tell me about the work you're doing with this program? How did it get started and what are you up to right now? Absolutely. So our initiative started back in 2018 with a grant application to the DBI initiatives like all of our other sister sites did. And we were honestly surprised when Tennessee got selected to be one of the three areas that received innovation funding. But a big focus of what we wanted to do, even at that early stage, was integrate. We wanted to touch our processors, we wanted to touch our producers, and we wanted to think about what are the next steps if we can establish this. So how do we connect the people who make the milk, the people who process the milk, and the customers who buy the milk all together? And that was a huge focus of our program then. Since then, we've received four more grants in that vein, been able to do all of those returns back into our dairy community in Tennessee, expanding first to Tennessee, Kentucky, and North Carolina, and now the 12 states in the southeast region in Puerto Rico. Can you give me a big picture view of what dairy is like in the southeast part of the country? How many dairy farms do you have? Head of cattle? What's the average size of a farm? Yeah, so big picture. It will probably shock a lot of your Wisconsin and Midwestern hearers, but we have less than 2,000 dairy farms across the southeast region as a whole, which might be less than the actual total number of dairy farms that you have in the state of Wisconsin, if we go back and look at that. But what I would say describes our southeast dairy industry is resiliency. We are small, but we are mighty, and we make do with a lot less. I think we tend to hear about, oh, you've got a great growing season. Well, we do, but y'all have great infrastructure. You have a great number of suppliers. You have competition for services that you want to purchase. And that's just not something that exists in our Southeast region. We have maybe one to two people who purchase the milk, maybe one to two people who provide services from like a cooperative standpoint, or even from an equipment dealer. We just do not have the same infrastructure across the entire region that y'all are so fortunate to have up here in Wisconsin. Has there been a general increase in the number of dairy in the southeast? Has there been a decline? What does that look like? Well, I'm sure if you've been keeping up with dairy at all in the last five years, you've seen that there's a general decline. That has still impacted us in the southeast. I don't think we've declined at quite the same rate as some of the other areas have. Maybe percentage-wise it looks bigger, but we're losing you know, 10 to 15 dairies to see that large percentage increase, where some other areas might lose 100 dairies or more to see that kind of percentage decrease. And we do have more dairy farms are thinking about coming back online, so thinking about getting permanent again, coming in and working with our artisanal cheese or artisanal milk, or we don't have a ton of butter yet, but we do have a lot of cheese, milk, and ice cream that's being made on farm in the southeast. So seeing that interest and that growth in both dairy from a cattle perspective and sheep and goat perspective is really encouraging. We have questions about how do I get permitted? How do I get back started up? Who at the Department of Agriculture do I talk to? I get those calls 
probably every other week now, which is really exciting because that was not happening for a while. Now, the work that you're specifically doing with SDBI, you're connecting these farmers with resources to be able to build up their businesses, correct? And how has that increased? How has that grown over the last few years since you started? So within SDBI, we try to target all the different spectrums of the dairy world. So we have animal husbandry focused initiatives. We have processing and food safety focused initiatives. We have financial and decision support tools for businesses to try to figure out that piece. We have marketing and agritourism. And then we also have leadership and workforce development. So really, if it can be dairy, we try to touch it. Again, because we are so small, integrating is really our only chance to try to help those existing dairy businesses stay in business. And how our support is going towards them is through competitive grant programs. So we have a rotating call of four. We have one that's a dairy business planning grant. So I'm thinking about doing something in dairy. It might be bringing back on a new family member. It might be reopening after being closed for 10 years. It might be adding on value-added processing. Or it might be looking at something like alternative forages or even doing beef on dairy crosses as a bigger part of their operation. So they can apply for those funds. We've got a specialty processing equipment grant. And those both come out in the fall. They're open right now. Specialty processing equipment exactly what it sounds like. You're looking for specialty equipment to go do more dairy processing. Most of our calls for that tend to be around cheese, ice cream, and a little bit of bottling. We have some interest in yogurt that's slowly starting to grow, and some things like soaps and lotions we'll get applications for as well. In the spring, we have our Farm Infrastructure Improvement Grant, which again is what it sounds like. So if we have dairy barns that are 60 plus years old, which everybody has a dairy barn that's 60 plus years old, sometimes we need to improve the loops if we have a freestyle. Sometimes need to improve the bedding if we have a solid bedding system in a tie stall or a freestyle barn. Or sometimes in the southeast, we really need better fans or we need to have some kind of enhanced cooling system. Most of our barns in the southeast are open. We don't have as much of the full mechanical ventilation and the closed-in structures that y'all have in the Midwest. So we rely a lot on really good air exchange, big open ridge vents, and lots of fans to additionally cool our cows when they're under roof for that piece. Let's talk about cooling cows, because we all know the southeast, it's hot, it's humid, so that can pose certain challenges to cattle. Can we talk about what those challenges are that you see, and how do dairy farmers try to mitigate that? I think the one that kind of jumps to everybody's mind if we think about heat stress is decreased reproductive performance and increased somatic cell count with decreased production, and that is true. Those are challenges that my dairy farmers face every single day, and the biggest difference that we see is investment in cow cooling technologies. So really big open barns, lots of fans that move a lot of air. And then we can't really use misters. They don't work well in a really humid environment, which is what we have in the southeast. So we're very focused on soakers. Soakers plus fans to evaporatively cool those cows while they're standing in the feed alley, when they're in line for the milk parlor, or even when they're over their resting area. Less soakers over the resting area, though, just mostly fans. But trying to have those things in place is another reason why you'll see a lot of cows not out on pasture as much in the southeast as you may in some other places. So I would love to dive more into alternative cooling technologies that we could use out on pasture. Some of our Georgia dairy farms and our Florida dairy farms are really innovative and they'll actually use irrigating systems and run them at half speed. So that irrigating system creates a faux shade and faux cooling for their grazed herd. But not everybody has nice flat ground. We do not have that in Tennessee. So we have to be even more creative with how we could use some pasture cooling. Since the Southeast has a little less dairies than say other regions of the country, what does your applicant pool look like and are you able to provide 
all of the grants to all of the applicants that apply just because that pool is smaller? We still have a grant process. They go through a review. We have independent reviewers that go through every single application, provide detailed feedback along a rubric, and all of our applicants get that back at the end. So whether you were successful or whether you were unsuccessful, we want to make sure you know how you did and how you were ranked, and we'll try to work with you on the next application as well. Our pool for the last couple years has really been much more in that tri-state region, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Kentucky. And who's applying depends a lot on which grant program we're offering. So for the specialty processing equipment, it's a lot of producer processors. Our larger scale processing in the southeast is primarily things like what was Dean's and is now DFA in that band. We do have some yogurt processing and some cheese processing, but not to the same number that y'all have in the Midwest. So we have a few shops in town in that bigger scale. And I don't know that our grants are enough to really help them make those investment changes. So really when we see specialty processing equipment, it is smaller operations that are on farm. And by smaller, they might still be processing milk from 3,000 cows. And that is a big fish in our pond, maybe not in everybody's. But thinking about that versus the regional production, still fairly small processing in that stage. Then with our farm infrastructure grant and precision technology grant, it's kind of just blown the roof off of who is going to apply, which has been really exciting. We had over 100 applications come in across those two programs from dairy farms, from West Virginia, all the way to Florida. And then we even had a few from Puerto Rico that applied as well. So seeing that hunger and that willingness to reinvest in their businesses, now that there are funds to reinvest in their businesses, has been really rewarding. Do you anticipate continued growth within dairy due to the work that SDBIA is doing? I hope so. The interest that we've seen in the last two or three years about getting back in and seeing opportunities to maybe do more value-added processing where those barriers to entry were so high, or even having some of our existing producers grow and need a larger milk pool where they could partner with one or two smaller operations of 60 cows or less, that's been really exciting to see that happen. And then I will say this for the Southeast, we do have a lot of water. So as everybody else is running out, we know where it is. So just come see us. We have your water. Come move in. We'll share. The southeastern United States is hard at work increasing their dairy capabilities. That work wouldn't be possible if it was not for the grants and support offered through the Southeast Dairy Business Innovation Initiative. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Nate Zimdars.